This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm sure we get away with some holding, too. We just have blue and yellow glasses when we watch the game. And I wouldn't be surprised by the end of his career you start seeing NFL looks. I mean, I, I feel like he's that good. Got him right. Look at us go. We're good at this. It only took us half the season. We've hit our stride, everybody. Yep, you are witnessing your well Greatness. And this is why yes. we're, th- this may be our Jordan game. Now, here's Ben and Brendan. Wow. How about that intro, huh? Oh. Kind of big time around here. Official. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> Legitimate. Shout out to Dallas Clarkshine. He, he helped us out and put those, put the intro together. So, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like we got to step up our game now with that, that type of intro. Do we have to be more professional or just stepped up game? No, definitely. I mean, yeah. The day that I am more professional is the day I die. Right. All right. Cool. And I'm sure Dallas didn't do this intro for us to die, but it was, it is sweet. So thanks, Dallas. That thing's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of nice not to have to have my goofy self doing it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a relief for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! Oh, that <laughs> but, um, uh, win this weekend over Missouri State. I mean, that's a good deal, right? Can't be too mad about a three-touchdown win, I suppose, unless somebody you know went and picked against the spread and lost off of a garbage touchdown. Yeah, let's not. Then maybe you're upset. Let's not bring that up yet. But no, yeah, it's it's always too good. Soon? <laughs> yeah, way too soon. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to complain about a three-touchdown win. Uh, you know, could have could have could have looked better, obviously, but um, and there there are things to clean up. But I mean, going in there with a freshman quarterback making his first start, you know, I I don't know if we could ask for much more, to be honest. Yeah, and you know, really watching the game, and I don't remember. I, I was talking to somebody or what was going on, but man, I was like, God, I just don't feel great with how the secondary is doing right now. And then I started to watch and it, they made play after play after play after play. And <clears throat> really, I mean, a lot of plays on the ball, they did pretty well. So then you watch Heidi and for a true freshman, I mean, really he had a couple drop balls in there. Yeah. Some were from the sun. Um, that's something that I'm sure the players would tell you they, they, they would want to overcome. But uh, overall, when you put up, 526 yards. Let me say that again. 526 yards of offense. I don't know how you can be that mad with the performance of the team, especially the true freshman quarterback starting his real first game. No doubt. I mean, he threw. He was throwing darts out there. Like, yeah, they they were they looked good. He looked like he's making confident throws. And you know, I think Kyle Sheehan mentioned it. His movement in the pocket is like. Uh, it's not at a freshman level right now and it's at a junior senior level and that is it's huge to be able to do that um you know our offensive line blocks pretty well but you know if you're if you see ghosts in the pocket you're in trouble and he seems like he's poised in the pocket he moves well and he keeps his eyes downfield and he, he throws strikes so you know it's it's encouraging you know especially you know some people might have been down after Gibbs went down and I understand it but you need to realize that this kid's this kid can ball Oh, I mean, for sure. That ten, there was a ten-yard pass there 
um, <clears throat> where he was rolling left and just fired an absolute dart right through coverage to our receiver. It was just almost – it was surprised me seeing a ball come out of his hands that hard. And the really fun thing to see is you can see him going through his reads and you can tell it's just a little slower because he's hasn't had the experience. So it's really pretty exciting for where we can get to with him once we get into playoffs. And he's had four or five games under his belt. That's something that's exciting for me personally. Oh, for sure. And uh, you mentioned the defensive backfield. I want to shout out Don Gardner. I mean, that guy – Coming into the season, you know, I think we weren't sure how he was going to do, but he just progresses every week and gets better and better. And he's looking like a playmaker now where it's like I expect to see plays out of him before. I was like, you know, just hoping that he would hang in there. But, you know, uh, he's looking like a dude now. And, you know, we've got other young DBs that are coming up that look really good too. So that's encouraging. I mean, especially, you know, we we know how, how good of a front seven we have. And I mean, shout out to them too. They were mm-hmm. they were getting after the quarterback and you know pressuring them when they were trying to throw the ball when they got down, and just uh, kind of shut down any comeback possibility they had. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, uh, overall our defense is just looking really, really good. I mean, I think I saw on a message board today that we have an elite defense, and I would agree with that uh, because they they're looking like uh, you know a top top two or three defense in the nation, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you would have told me going, well, I guess I was just surprised to hear watching the broadcast on Saturday that we lead the league in interceptions, which is really impressive in my opinion, especially with as young of a defensive backfield as we have. So I think that's a really awesome thing. And then you add that with our, the tenacity of our defensive line and linebackers. Uh, yeah, that that's the makings of an elite defense. That's, I mean, that's what elite defense does. So I don't, I mean, was it our best game? No, I don't, I don't think that it was our best or smoothest game that we've had or, or up to the potential of the team, but all things considered going into that game and how it played out, I think it turned out as about as, I mean, as well as you can reasonably hope for that game. No, I agree. And I mean, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the season, one of the big question marks we had was, you know, okay, we've got all these returning defensive players, but our D-backs are, you know, kind of a question mark. But I think yep. now you can look at them as almost a strength because of the way they played and how they've shown out. So, I mean, that's that's really encouraging to see their their growth throughout the year. And I mean, they're they're just going to continue to grow, I'm sure. And you know, we're going to be we're going to be a pretty tough, damn tough team to beat in the playoffs. I'll guarantee you that. Oh, absolutely. And uh, shout out to Pierre Strong for having uh, the probably the longest yards per completion uh, stats with the highest completion percentage in the country right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those little, uh, the wild jack formation, you know, that it, we, we saw it a lot with Zenner, but, I, you know, I don't think it was as creative. With Zenner, it was just like, hey, man, we're going to hike the ball directly to you and you're going to go to work. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, clearly with uh, Eck, we're seeing a little creativity. We saw Strong, you know, pitch it forward to Kate a couple times and get big gains out of it, which is, you know, it's cool to see. It's just another facet that teams have to adjust and plan for because, you know, with, with Strong getting the ball right away, you know, and if Wilson's next to him, you got two weapons that you need to account for. And then you get Wilson's, or if you get uh, Johnson streaking across, I mean, that's that's tough to defend right there. 
Well, yeah, that's, I think that's the real difference between this, uh, the wild Jack and the ones used in the Zenner years was the weapon of cage streaking across in motion like that. <clears throat> Other teams can't just sit back and go, Oh, it's, it's not that you're not able to defend it. Like it's a read option. You've, you're not catching Cade at a full sprint unless you're moving out right away to get him. So that makes the read a lot easier for strong. And it's going to make a lot more open holes when people have to adjust to try to keep up with Cade going around the corner like that. It's just such a different level of difficulty for the defense to try to cope with. Oh, no doubt. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dion Campbell coming across um, on, on those jet sweeps too. You know, I think we saw him get a cup, get in into the game a little bit versus Missouri State, and I'd like to see him more just because he's when he gets the ball, it's just you can tell he's so fast, and he's got the potential to be really, really good um, if we can get the ball in his hands some more. Yeah, I mean, he's a dynamic player, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see more of him. With I don't, I I haven't heard anything about C.J. Wilson's injury yet, so. If CJ's out for any period of time, even just for one game, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more uh, Campbell running around in the backfield, getting the ball in his hands. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that's a, a good point. You know, shout out to CJ. He had 111 yards in this game. It was good to see him go off. Unfortunately, yes. towards the end of the game, um, he had a nice run that um, he got injured on, and hopefully he can come back. I, I don't think we've heard anything about him yet. So. Hopefully it's a quick recovery for him uh, because he was starting to have a really good season. But, um, yeah, going forward, I guess, um, like you said, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Campbell more involved if, if Wilson's out. Yeah, and, you know, you look at this team, we're very lucky that with – not lucky. I don't think it's luck has anything to do with it. But with how this team has been developed over the years compared to years past, this we're so much deeper that – it it's not going to make us better to have Wilson gone by any stretch, but it doesn't hurt nearly as much when you've got the talent behind these guys that we do, even from Gibbs to Heidi. I mean, that's a big difference. Um, so I think though there, there's a lot of positives to take from that game, but there are some negative things that really bugged me. I'd, I'd call them one a and one B um, one. I think one's on the players and one's on the coaches. Uh, my, my one, a is we got to hang on to the ball. You can't have fumbles on 40 yard plays. That is such a momentum swing and, and kills. I mean, we got lucky that we have the defense that we have to come out and make stops after those big momentum swings. We can't afford to, you can't afford to lose a 40 yard gain because you didn't have good ball security. No, I agree. I mean, it, it was big in this game. You know, like you said, we're lucky we have the defense we have, but the earlier fumble that we had, it it let Missouri State back in the game. I mean, for a while there, it was like a you know a two score lead, and like we were like, you know, if Missouri State scores here, this might get stupid. We might be in a yep. dogfight with Missouri State. So, and that's how it happens: is you have fumbles on plays that were big gainers, and it turns into basically a punt at that point. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, it, that needs to be cleaned up for sure. Yeah, I mean it's a punt from yardage dis uh, yardage wise, but emotion wise, it's such a huge swing. It, yep. We can't be giving up momentum like that against better teams in Missouri State. That's for darn sure, especially going into the playoffs. But my one B 
And uh, we were all talking about this. Uh, and also, shout out to Kyle and Ben. They called out CJ's having a big game. So I just want to mention them. But we were talking with them during the game. And I think we all collectively lost our minds when Nelson got put into the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like the, the kid's fine. He was all right for a bridge with Gibbs and you know we talked about that during the year we knew Gibbs was coming back so it was okay uh at this point though we know what we have in Nelson and when the coach comes out and says well we put Heidi in because he's the better passer that's your quarterback right because quarterback's passer that's his job it's one thing if we didn't have a good stable running backs but we've got running weapons all over the place coming out of our ears. You need the guy who can pass the ball. No, no. And then you've decided to go with Heidi as the starter, and then you just – it'd be one thing if Heidi was struggling, but he wasn't. There was some drop balls, but otherwise the drives were going fine, and that fumble killed one by one of our tight ends. So I don't understand the logic in, 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 in running Nelson at all because if you're deciding to go with Heidi – you got to get them every rep you can now because Illinois State's this week. Right. And that's so I don't that's, understand the logic. That's the big problem is you're taking away reps, is the biggest issue. Um, you know, it sounds like it was kind of planned, which I don't, yep. I don't like. I mean, it's fine if you planned it, but if Heidi's rolling and looking good and you don't need to take him out to like check on his confidence and stuff, just let him roll then. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I didn't see the benefit of taking Heidi out for a series or two, and I hope that we don't see that anymore going forward. Yeah, and I guess my biggest issue with it isn't even have anything to do with Nelson. I'm just so against a two quarterback system. Right. I'm a huge believer that if you don't have a, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterback. And if the idea was to try to do a change of pace with a more running quarterback, then. It needs to be planned better, maybe, because that drive was uninspiring at best. So I don't like flipping those guys in and out because then you've got different cadences and different handoffs, and there's all sorts of things that dynamics that a different quarterback changes having in there and making the team flip back and forth, back and forth, just because you want a little bit of a change of pace, to me, is frustrating. Now, obviously, I'm not a coach. I'm just a dude who got asked to talk into a microphone but I, I think that was the most frustrating part of that game for me, and I, I, I'm sure well, it was for other people. Yeah, I mean, during I'm sure the coaches during their weekly review when they listen to our podcast and see if there's any tidbits that they need to pick up on and improve on. Naturally, yeah. Yep. I mean, this this will be one that pay attention, coaches. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like you said, we're just a couple of dudes talking about football. But, yeah, I think I think we're on the same page, and I think a lot of Jack's friends are on the same page. And and from, from the comments that Stig made, it sounded – from what I gathered, I think that Heidi will be the guy going forward, and I don't think that we'll see the jockeying of quarterbacks running in and out. So hopefully that's the case. Well, we're going to find out this week. That's right. But – well, yeah. with that, let's let's move along here. Uh, we didn't plan on talking about the Missouri State game that long. We thought it was kind of uh, not much to talk about, but it turned out to be a, 
plenty of conversation pieces. <laughs> so uh, That's true. the the picks this week, man. I had I had a terrible week. And who's your daddy? So easy, yeah. easy. You went five hundred. So let's let's tone it down a notch because it's not like you were making. It's not like you were making money, but. You don't know how I was betting on those games. You just know that I that I went five hundred. Yeah, maybe I bet more on the other. That's games. true. Units are a big deal. So, <laughs> shout out to Chad, by the way. Yeah, Chad. Well, he only gained a game for you. I mean, he did he did very well, but he only gained a game. You gained two games this week, and I mean, I don't want to call it a comeback yet, but you're. Yeah, I'm I'm ah. I'm 49 and 42. You're 45 and 46. So you've got a chance, which was is surprising considering how you started out. Not saying I said that was going to happen at the beginning of the year. <laughs> well, but I, I might have. You better keep it rolling here. We'll see. We'll see going forward. <laughs> uh, to recap the games from last week, though, uh, we had Monmouth going to Kennesaw State and proving all of us right. Kennesaw yes. State is a joke, and we knew it. They're a sham and a mockery. <laughs> They're a shamockery. I mean, this the team in itself may not be a joke, but their ranking was a joke, and everybody knew, yes. everybody knew it. And they lost forty-five to twenty-one to Monmouth at home. Just got embarrassed, and yep. they were thirteen-point favorites and lost by twenty-four. I mean, that's that's embarrassing. It's a bad day, right? So they clearly dropped in the polls, I think, on the AGS. Not far enough. No, no, no. You're right. But on the AGS polls. Somehow every poll has Monmouth below Kennesaw, including AGS. Which is nuts. And yeah. It's mind-boggling. I don't get it. Agreed. Yeah, Monmouth is far deserving to be above Kennesaw. Moving on from that, uh, we got Villanova went to New Hampshire, and New Hampshire surprised them. They were the underdogs, and they won 28-20. to 20. Yeah. And we were both wrong on that one. Um, and then Weber State went to Sac State. That was a big matchup in the big sky um, to kind of see, you know, how legit Sac State was. And Weber State ended up beating them 36-17. Um, I guess any comments on yeah. that one on, on Sac State not not showing up, I guess? Uh, I, I was stunned by that result. Um Sac State did lose their starting quarterback, but that wasn't until after. I mean, Weber was in control of that game from the jump. It, Weber's offense looks for real, in personal opinion, right now. If you look at their resume next to James Madison's resume, Weber State has the best one, and they should be the number two seed. Personal opinion, that's where I had them. Yeah. Um, they, they went at each game where I've thought they were facing a good defense and they were going to get stymied they put up 30 plus points so it at some point you got to start to believe in them and i i'm i'm believing now and that game did go the way we needed to go as sdsu if we want to have a chance at that number three seed like you had talked about last week right because weber state has weber state has that uh game at Mon- or against montana still i don't know if it's at montana or, or at weber state but um there's a potential for Montana to beat Weber State, and then yeah, we would definitely um, hop over them in the in the seeding. Should we take care of business? Assuming we take care of business, yes. So the Missouri Valley play um, Southern Illinois barely took care of business against Indiana State. They won by nine. The spread was eight. They covered, um, which I, I guess I mean I like we said they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. You never know from week to week. 
Yep. And NDSU just uh, waffle stomped oh. Youngstown State. Oh. 56 to 17. And it's too bad that Nate Mays, he went down. I mean, that kid's a warrior. And it sounds like he had a really bad injury. So was, nasty. That, that's a bad deal. Yeah. It, how weird is it in the last two weeks that in big games, and I'm not saying this is why they won or anything like that, NDSU was throttling Youngstown well before Mays got hurt, but that the starting quarterback for each team has gone down in really a pedestrian everyday play. Oh, yeah. It's just super odd. It is. And so that's when it just – and I mean – Bo Pelini teams, even going back to Nebraska, tend to cave in in a big game when they get down by a couple touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, should we be surprised by that? Maybe, probably not. I think my logic was worse and talked us both into that. So, I apologize. That's my fault. But anything to sabotage you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I was on board, man. I thought I thought Youngstown State would show up and make it keep it close, but they clearly did not. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's two two weeks in a row where starting quarterbacks go down. Um, and if we really want some clickbait, sign of a uh, dirty program question mark. Oh lordy! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, pop that one on there and see what happens. My house will get burned down. Can we not? Can we not? I live in Fargo. Can I move first and then we play that game? Yeah. No. We'll, we'll, we're, right, we're cool. gonna, I just said that we're gonna we're gonna clip that out and we're just gonna put it as clickbait so they listen to our episode and then they'll realize yeah. they'll realize we were just joking. Yeah, but they won't listen to the episode. You know how people are probably not. <laughs> you know, burn him. Yeah. Right. So then, uh, another amazing game last week was the University of South Dakota. Hashtag we are South Dakota went to Western Illinois, who was previously 0-7. They lost. Yeah. That is good on them. Uh, sad. I mean, we thought we thought the the loss to Houston Baptist was gonna be the low of the season. No. No. They this no. this is it. They've hit rock bottom now. Is it? I, I, <laughs> I mean, it can't get any worse. Like the the rest of their season, the rest of their season, they're playing better teams than Western <laughs> Illinois. If they if they lose out, it'll be better than what they did against Western Illinois. Yeah, but if they lose out by a hundred and ten to five, yeah, well, there there's that. There's a chance. Um, yeah, we are South Dakota. Could you guys stop saying that? Because you're embarrassing us. Yeah. All. Right. I, let, let us do that for a while. Agreed. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't talk that much smack on here. It's not, <laughs> but I mean, that's not right. After but, you lose uh, to an 0 7 team, you deserve some smack. A little, I guess. A little. I try to stay stay above the fray. No, I don't. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's. I, I don't. There's not much to say there. Uh, they managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. From what I understand, they ran a hook and ladder down inside the five, and then threw an interception with four seconds left or something stupid. Right. Yeah, that. But, that's pure sadness for Coyote fans there. Sorrow, which. We'll ask their fan how sad he is. Their tears taste great, I'm told. It's the word on the street. And then we went to uh, UNI, played in Illinois State, who is our foe this week. And UNI, it was a close game going into the fourth quarter. And then Illinois State just decided to completely melt down. 
I think they had mm-hmm. three turnovers in their last three possessions, and they were all on their side of the field. And so you and I took advantage of that and won 27 to 10. Yeah. Um, there, I, I watched some of that game leading up to halftime, and I'll get into it, I guess, when we preview the Illinois State game, but I've never seen a receiver misplay a ball that badly <laughs> in college or in high school. Yeah. Maybe middle school. Right. But, you know, yeah, they're both those teams' offenses leave something to be desired there. I would agree, and that bodes well for us. Well, I would say we'll discuss Illinois State later, um, and then SDSU somehow managed to not cover that game. They won by twenty-one. I if you if you watch the <laughs> end of the game, that stupid one-handed catch, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was yeah. gar- that was a freak play. The epitome of a garbage time touchdown. We had a lot of our second stringers in there, and they were doing just fine. And the and an overthrown ball, the guy tips it to himself and then catches it. I I don't know, no idea how it happened, and I'm not very happy about it. But we won, so that's. But Missouri State covered, and you did credit to you. You did pick them. So if we. If I knew how to, I would make that text message conversation and <laughs> that little clip into one of the, the little movies that has the, the text messages pop up and the typing <laughs> that you see. Yeah. Because that would be funnier than hell. No, <laughs> you were not, not impressed and you called it the whole way. Oh, yeah, I knew it. Which was, I thought it was over <laughs> after we scored a touchdown and then you just called it straight and it was funnier than hell. No, yeah, I, I saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> did. You absolutely did. So, so that's the recap of the picks. Like I said, I went one, two, and six and did absolutely poorly. You were mediocre and gained a couple picks on me. Yeah. Beyond that, it's a start. Yeah. Yeah. You got something going for you. Beyond that, um, the as far as the playoff seed picture goes, um, I, we kind of alluded to it with Weaver State being. Um, ahead of us right now if if they would win out they would definitely be ahead of us and jmu also if they went out they'd be ahead of us so i think we can agree that our ceiling right now is probably a four as it sits should should everybody in front of us win out i would say the ceiling right would be a four at this moment we're just gonna be hard pressed to have a better resume than those guys and even with losing to the number one team we still lost them at home so yeah. it's a tough argument to make over teams that did go undefeated or have the seasons these other two teams are having. Even if the CAA is starting to look like a hot mess, it's going to be a hard argument to make over a CAA team. It just is. It's not like it's an OVC team, then we just would be ahead of them. But it's not the way the cookie crumbles as it sits. Right. But there's still a chance at a higher seed. Yeah, no, yeah. I shouldn't have said ceiling because obviously, you know, there are big games left. You know, Weber State's got a challenge against Montana and JMU this week against New Hampshire is kind of their last challenge. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Um so we'll we'll see how it goes. Um as far as uh, the Missouri Valley, um, how many playoff teams do you see them getting in the way it sits right now? I mean I don't know. I was listening to Brian McLaughlin on the 
radio today and he saw a chance at five seeds for the Missouri Valley. I five teams, not seeds, yeah. Five teams, sorry, not seeds, yeah, right. Um, but I don't know if I see five. It's going to all depend how things shake out. I honestly think Southern Illinois is going to have a very good chance of making it into the playoffs if they just win their next two games. Because even with losing to NDSU, they're going to be considered seven and four. They're not going to count that FBS loss against them. They're going to be seven and four with an FBS win. And when you look at how the bubble's developing right now, there's a lot of hot garbage. Not necessarily hot garbage. There's a lot of teams that aren't necessarily playoff worthy out there. So, you know, if I was picking today, um, it's going to be, I would say, NDSU, SDSU, Southern Illinois, and the winner of Youngstown State and Illinois State. And they'll be fringe bubble teams. So we'll see how it falls. But as it sits, that's my guess would be four. Yeah, I would agree. Um I think, you know, clearly there's a path to five, um, but there's also also a path to, path to three, depending on how things play out. Um, but I, I would expect four. I think that's probably a, a good guess at this point. Well, the path to five would be Illinois State beating us this weekend and then losing to Youngstown State. Because then each of those teams would have a quality win, and then us beating Northern Iowa. And that would help get more bids but it would hurt the conference for seeds because i think you and right. i will still have a shot at like the eight seed should they come here we beat them and it's a close game i think they'll still have a shot at getting like the eight seed but and we'll stay seated if we lose to illinois state i don't know if we're getting a seed anymore because we don't have any good wins besides maybe northern iowa if we beat them there and it's not going to help the conference to not have more seeds so Right. I'd rather the conference have four and have three teams seeded, personally. I would agree, especially if we are one of the seeds. Yes, that's kind of my big thing. <laughs> we could have one seed from the con- – honestly, if we only had one seed from the conference and it was SDSU, I don't care how the other teams <laughs> I'd agree. That's my opinion. I'm not all SEC about the Missouri Valley. I don't <laughs> – they're the teams we play all the time, so we know them, and, yeah, is it better that they're good? Yeah, because it helps us look better when we beat them. <laughs> Otherwise, right. I don't care. I don't care how they do. Maybe I'm just petty and bitter. Or both, I think. Yes. Probably. <laughs> well, with that, let's let's move on to our picks for this week. Uh the out of conference slate was pretty weak. Uh we got a couple games we're gonna pick. The first one is um uh, number 17 or UND going to number three Weber State. And Weber State's a pretty big favorite in that one, 16 and a half. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to take Weber State in this one. I'm still not a huge believer in UND. They're too up and down and all of their signature wins, hashtags in the air, have been at home. They've all been in the Alara Center. They've all been really close. Um, They got pasted by Eastern Washington on the road. So, I'm going to go ahead and take Weaver to take care of business in a big way there, even with how big of a spread that is. Yep, I agree. Uh, Weaver State is, looks like they're rolling right now, and, yeah, I don't think they'll have a problem covering 17. Moving on, we got uh, number 20, New Hampshire, going to number two, JMU. And like I just said, J- this is kind of JMU's last test, really, to end out the season. 
and the spread is 17 and a half, which is kind of a tough spread because you got that uh, the hook on top of 17 there. Yeah, but here's the big thing. Um, James Madison's coming off a bye, and it's not at New Hampshire. So New Hampshire's just coming off a big win against Villanova, and I think JMU is going to come out and paste them. Um, they still want to prove that they should be the number two seed. So I'm going to go with JMU. I mean, a lot of points in these two games, but I'm going to take James Madison in this one. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a lot of points to cover. Um, I'm going to take New Hampshire to cover, at least. You know, I don't necessarily think they're going to win this game, but I think that they're at a spot. I mean, yeah, they had the big big win against Villanova, and they're ranked 20th, but they only have five wins so far. And so they still need to round up some wins to make a, a playoff resume. And so they kind of got their backs against the wall. And, you know, uh, what's the saying? Uh, a hungry Is it a hungry dog runs faster or something like that? I don't know. Some, something like that. But whatever that saying is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on that. And uh, I'm going to take New Hampshire to cover there. Yeah, the saying makes sense. I'm, I'm all for it. Hungry dog runs faster. I think that's it. I think that's a saying. If not, somebody tweet at me and tell me I'm stupid and tell me the actual saying. We need to know. Inquiring minds want to know. I'll get it right next time. America. (laughs) And then we've got uh, kind of a surprising spread. Youngstown State going to USD, who just got embarrassed by Western Illinois, as we talked about. And USD is a favored by one. Now, I know Youngstown State's starting quarterback went out, but still, I just don't think USD should be favored in any game for the rest of the year. I think some of this is a reaction to how the game went for Youngstown state against NDSU. Um, And it's at USD. I'm still going to have more confidence in the penguins just to have a better team to come out because they got something to fight for. And the only thing USD has to fight for is getting more personal foul penalties. <laughs> so I think was what what did I say out loud? Yeah. Um. Oh, I did. Okay. Um, That's inappropriate for a podcast. Oh, it's um so much <laughs> so much shade, and I'm here for it. Shade. So uh, yeah, that's why USD fan the the USD fan loves me. Um. <laughs> So I'll take the Penguins in that game. I will too, and I think it's an easy cover. I mean, getting getting a point is like a gift in this one. I think Youngstown State should be favored by seven, even with a backup quarterback in. So we'll move on, going to Missouri State visiting Southern Illinois, and Southern Illinois is a 17.5-point favorite in this one. Um, I'll go ahead and pick this one first. I'm going to take Missouri State to cover in this one. I think that... Southern Illinois just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think, it, like we've we've talked about, they're impossible to predict. Um, but I think Missouri State's a decent team. Yeah, I think that we, we saw that their defense is decent. And I think that they can rack up enough points to cover 17 and a half here. Yeah, I think Missouri State is a okay team. I think they're better than what their record is per se. But I also think they're a lot better at home than they are on the road. So that being said, I think Southern Illinois is going to enjoy some home kit cooking in this one. And they have the offense to put up a ton of points once they get up on somebody. So I'm going to take Southern Illinois on this one. Just eat. And they're going to, 
You know, it's uh, that's why it's fade, Brendan. I'm never right on Southern <laughs> Illinois. Everybody remember this. So eating up uh, those big spreads, just give me that big spread. You, you aren't scared of eat some points. I'm a growing boy. <laughs> give me some more points. <sighs> well, how about how about this one? We got Western Illinois. Western Illinois going to NDSU and they're 43 and a half point favorites. I mean, this, oh sweet baby, Jesus. this is like a FBS FCS matchup spread. Like you don't see spreads this big. It is, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something similar if they were playing at SDSU. We just don't get the privilege of playing a Patsy this year, like uh, you know, North Dakota State. Does. <laughs> um, is that shade? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> what is shade, Trebek? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to take NDSU. I think they're going to cover it. Um, just the way they've coached this whole year uh i think they're gonna go for the throat even when they have their backups in and youngstown state is the definition of hot garbage I, you mean west illinois that one too yep i have to go west illinois i mean i think like you said there's gonna be backups in they're gonna be resting guys and missouri state only lost by 22 up there i'm gonna bank on them not just stopping Western Illinois into the ground and they can cover 43 and a half for God's sake. Hopefully. And this is a big week here. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, we're between us I, like right this now, is, this week could be a huge swing. deciding factor, which I don't know yeah. if we ever bet anything on this. We'll have to figure out something. Yeah. Are we going through the playoffs? We have to. Right? Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. All Definitely. Right. Yeah. Then yeah. All right. We'll figure something we'll out. That's something good. So then uh, Indiana State's going to UNI, who's up to number five in the AGS poll now. They got some momentum going and, you know, don't want to look, definitely don't want to look past Illinois State, but huge matchup with them in the following week. Um, But how do you see their matchup going this week? They're 21 point favorites against Indiana State. Well, I think UNI probably wins, but I also think this is a classic trap game here between one big game where you got a big win. And then you got the next big one the week after, and you're playing a team who doesn't have very many wins this year, but has shown a little, I mean, they showed a little bit of fight when we played there. So I don't think they've caved in on their season in any fashion. So I'm full. I've had enough points for today (laughs) and I'm going to take Indiana state. That's bold. I, I think I got to go you and I in this one. I just, I think Indiana State's going to fold it in for the year, and I think I got, uh, I think Northern Iowa's going to run with it and try to get some confidence going into the game against NDSU or SDSU, excuse me. And um, you know they're at home, so I'll, I'll take them covering. We're, Eat your points, young man. Yeah, you're, you're a big growing boy. And then last but not least, we've got <laughs> Illinois State coming into town, and we're surprisingly a seventeen and a half point favorite, which I think is pretty big considering that we're fourth ranked in the polls and they're 10th ranked. It's surprising to a point. I think Um, Illinois state got shellacked by NDSU, I believe at Illinois state Um, you add in their quarterbacking woes and their, their point potential. I think they have, I think that, makes it a difficult point spread. I don't think it makes it too big of one. I think it makes it a hard one to pick. Uh, Their defense is good. 
but their offense is not very much not so much so that you know there's a prevailing thought out there that they are going to play their their backup quarterback should davis have a bad game i mean he's been terrible but his receivers haven't helped him the play i alluded to way earlier in the podcast 45 minutes ago was he's rolling right his wide receivers behind every defensive back by five yards he throws the ball up and the receiver runs back to him and the ball lands five yards behind him i've never seen somebody misplay a ball that poorly since i played little league and saw tape of myself that was incredible. He's getting no help from his receivers out there. Um, I mean, it sounds like they've got like three starting wide receivers out injured. Yeah, they got murdered by injuries. I think I feel like half the Missouri Valley is getting just crucified with injuries. Northern Iowa is contemplating bringing a, a, a receiver in at running back because he's got he used to be a receiver, and because they've got so many running backs out, their top two tight ends are out. Indiana State loses their starting quarterback. Youngstown State loses their starting quarterback. South Dakota State loses their starting quarterback. Um, USD uh, is doesn't have a team. Um, then, oh, what was that? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but – uh, in all seriousness, there's a huge amount of injuries across the league this year. I think a lot more than normal. And unfortunately for Illinois State, they've taken a, a huge chunk of that and just don't have a passing game because of it. And they can't take advantage of James Robinson anymore against good defenses with that. That's a so that's the thing is I think that the way they're playing offense right now plays right into the strength of our defense, which is stopping the run. And I mean, that, that's right. not to say that our pass defense is poor because our pass defense has been very good too. But I think we would say that our front seven is, you know, one of the best in the country. And if you can't pass the ball against us, good luck. Yeah. And, you know, looking at this game, it sets up perfectly for exactly how you would want our games to go and how they've gone this season where hang on to the ball, run the ball down their throat, get a touchdown or two in the first half, and then the second half – Pierre and company goes off for a bunch of 50, 60 yard runs. Yeah. I think uh, their defense is going to wear out and we're going to be able to put up big points on them. I don't think their offense is going to stay on the field. And when you're a running team and you go three and out, that's a quick three and out generally. And I'm looking for us to, I'm looking for us to cover this game. That's a big cover. It's a big cover. I guess I was hungry for more points for dessert. Yeah. I think I'll I'll go with you. I think you talked me into it. Um, you know, I think no, don't say. Last time you let me talk you into something, it turned out horribly for us. This is true. However, we were opposite SDSU last week, and it didn't work out for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the points again, even though I got beat up on it, on it last week. But yeah, I think just like you said, I think you know it'll be probably within a touchdown to ten points in the first half. But I think we'll wear them down in the second half. And I, I think that our uh, offensive line will take care of business, and I, I see us winning by twenty-four ish. Um, you know, a final score prediction. I'll probably go thirty-five to ten. You mind reader? Is that where you were going? That, that's what I was going to go with. Was something along the thirty-five, thirty-two, thirty-five to ten range. Um, 
I think it's probably one of those games where it's like seven to seven going into half. Yeah. And then the second half happens and we just roll up points. And at halftime, everybody's freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then we roll up points in the second half again. That's just how this team's playing all year without looking at stats and having any factual basis per protocol. So, <laughs> but that's how it seemed it's gone all year. So that's what I'm leaning towards. So, I got to step my pick game up. Obviously, two weeks ago, Chad just killed it. So <laughs> I got to, um, I got to get this. I got to get my act together here. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things about the game will be how how long of a leash do they give Davis? Yes. Because he's not been playing well, and they've talked. He's talked about how he's sticking with them for now. But I think if they get down, I would I'd probably expect them to go to their second string quarterback. And that is something that is somewhat concerning to me. Um, it feels like in the past when we've knocked out quarterbacks or quarterbacks have been pulled in favor of the backup, um, sometimes we can have a really hard time with them, especially if they're a mobile quarterback going from a, a stationary quarterback. So I hope the defense is ready to bring it all game. Um, my pick is in your hands. So we need you to bring your A game, please. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, playoff seating and the win is important. Right. But our picks are riding on this game. Yeah, and let's clean possibly certain amounts of money. Let's clean up the garbage time scores here. (laughs) Let's take care of business late and get a cover for once. How about right? And but in all seriousness, uh the defense has to come out sharp. Um, I want to see the hogs road grading some people. Their defensive line, I think, is going to give us fits passing the ball. And I just want to see no t- one turnover or less. One turnover or less. If we have four turnovers, this game's going to be a miserable, unfortunate, unhappy thing. Um, I want to see 16,000-plus fans in the stand, which is probably a bit um, overhopeful. But if anybody had fun last week, you know, two weeks ago, get your butt to the game. There's $20 tickets available Go watch, have fun, and uh, $20, $20 for two games, even you get two games right. for that price. That's right. Oh my god, I mean, that's I, uh, I read that you, wrong. You cannot, you cannot get a better value than that. And if you can't go yeah, that's the, to the next one, you can just buy this one for $17. You can get right. what you can get this one for. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's uh, come extremely affordable for anybody that thinks that these games are not affordable um so yeah get your butts to the game and fill that stadium yeah i mean 20 bucks for two tickets is like less than it costs to go to a dirt track race right so right i don't want to hear any of that um dress a little warm it's fall weather but it's supposed to be a beautiful day and get your butts down to the stadium be loud be proud Get, get ornery and get them to jump off sides a little bit and get behind the team, man. I agree. Well, with that, I don't think we have anything else for you. We'll, we'll wrap it up, no. as always, by going uh, go big, go blue, go Jets. Go Jets. This has been the B-Team Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe, as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. Don't have your hopes too high. We're going to give her our A effort, but we are the B team. Average that out. I'm not sure on the math. 
words. There's, you throw letters in with math, and I don't like it. Now here's Ben and Brandon. 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 Now here's Ben and Brandon. Here's Bren. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan. 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 <laughs>